reopening with safety in mind. That's what we're talking about in a new series on Made in California. I was 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 made in California. Hey, everybody. As more of our small businesses reopen around the state, focused on the safety of their employees and customers, we want to take a closer look. What's working? What isn't? To do this, we're embarking on a digital road trip. Isabel Guzman, the director of our Office of the Small Business Advocate and state government lead of California's Entrepreneurship Task Force, and I will Zoom our way around the state, digitally speaking with small business owners and business support centers, which you'll hear more about in a few minutes. But before we hit the virtual roadways, it's important to remember, as Governor Newsom says, we are many parts, but one body. And that means county variations, regional differences, all within one California. As Aegon Turplin, Governor Newsom's senior advisor on economic development and transportation explains, as we reopen, it's important we do so with inclusion in mind, that regions affect one another and recover together. We hope you'll join us as we travel across the state, learning from California's indomitable business owners, the core of our state's innovative economy, as they adapt and pivot to this new marketplace. I was made in California. 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 So, Aegon. You and Anish and others within our office and the Office of Planning and Research were helping to spearhead this initiative known as the Regions Rise Together initiative. Came about last May, was about ensuring inclusive economic growth across our state with a mindfulness when it comes to each region's, what they have to offer, that connectivity of the regions. In the scenario we're in right now, where does that initiative stand and what can we anticipate moving forward as an economy? Well, thanks, Caitlin. It's great. No, it's great to talk to you again about Regions Rise Together. And definitely a year ago feels like a very different time, but a couple of things really have not changed and are fundamentally true. Uh, the first is that California's economy is really an economy built around a series of distinct regional economies. And we know that all too well, unfortunately, in some of the heavy impacts that certain regions, all regions are facing, but some regions are facing them differently. If they're more focused on tourism, for example, that's certainly a much bigger impact or you know, the arts and entertainment kind of activities. Again, those are everywhere, but they're somewhat distinct. But the other side of it is how interconnected we are. And we know that of course, as well, of the need for the supply chain linkages, getting the food from the farms to the grocery stores and into people's homes or into the food banks. And a lot of the many initiatives we've heard from the governor over the recent months have really tried to elevate that and lift that up. So we're both, in these distinct regions and regional economies, also we are very interconnected. And I even think now as we see a lot of the regional action, even around public health, right? when regions shut down initially, how they start to recover in their own various ways is really about multiple counties coming together at the scale of a region, because that's how we have to uh, work. Of course, under the rubric of being one California um, and a lot of the rules, of course, having to really be set at a statewide level. The initiative was launched. We did a tremendous amount of work pulling people together, engaging people, getting folks to think long term about what's going to drive their economy and how to move it forward in a way that's more inclusive and more sustainable. 
And now we actually really have to think, use that same lens, but think about how do we recover in a way that is sustainable and inclusive. And so part of what we're talking about is how do we bounce forward to a different kind of economy, an economy that is, we can call it a high road economy, um, an economy that has quality jobs, um, an economy that's really thinking about um, the sustainability um, impact. And we know that the regions of California really are fundamentally different. It's a sobering time when it comes to the budget numbers we're hearing, but also one that's reflective of a lot of those regional differences. Just as an example, we know that some of the budget came out and there, there's some funding there for continued work in the Fresno region that did an incredibly important inclusive process in 2019 called Fresno Drive. There's continued funding for a lot of the wildfire and water work that is also regional in nature. So the moment we're in now is very much recognizing and building off of the distinctiveness of these regions and still trying to, to the extent possible, make some investments in um, supporting a lot of this regional economic development effort. And then more specifically, when it comes to, because in this episode right now, we'll be talking to someone in Sacramento, when it comes to the nuances, and you, you touched upon this a little bit, what does that look like across the state? Because there are some fundamental aspects of a regional economy but there's also the smaller businesses that add to the diversity of that economy. So can you speak a little bit more to Sacramento specifically? So the Sacramento region is one that, that obviously is a, a very big presence of the state government as a bulwark. And that actually may, to an extent, although there's, there's huge impact to the state budget, but from a job perspective, could have a certain amount of stability relative to other places but then in any community, it is the small businesses, it is the neighborhood stores that are really the lifeblood of those regions and those places. And I think we all know that during the stay at home time, that when we're out walking in the neighborhoods, being able to access and invest in those local businesses, trying to keep them afloat, those that have stayed open and now looking to the next phase and subsequent phases when more of them reopen, putting those dollars back into those businesses means dollars back into those existing communities where people live. And that is going to be so core to a recovery that really tries to spread the benefits more broadly. Getting people to back and work in those businesses, keeping those businesses afloat, and learning the stories from how these individual entrepreneurs and small business owners have been able to make it through and where they see the next steps going. I was made in California. It is the small businesses it's the neighborhood stores that are the lifeblood of that region. That's an important point to remember as we start our road trip, which begins right now. You'll hear Isabel come on through a Zoom call, and then she and I will, along with you, take off across Sacramento, which is our first stop on this trip. We hope you'll stick with us as we travel across California and hear from small business owners and those working in business support centers who say, as we hear in this episode, while it's not business as usual, it's still business. Hi. Hello. So we're about to hit the road virtually, road tripping across California uh, using, I guess, the digital waves instead of the roadways. Why? Why are we doing this? I think now more than ever, it's important that we touch base with businesses throughout the state and understand some of the challenges and nuances. It's- as they're all implementing the gradual reopening of the economy in different ways, since the governor did allow for 
some county variation. And so I think that you know, businesses right now are faced with a few challenges. Some of them received capital through federal stimulus, and now they're trying to use this time to figure out how they're going to pivot, how they're going to adapt in this post-COVID stay-at-home order world. And uh, others are just trying to you know, figure out the guidelines, how they can safely reopen and rebuild consumer confidence in the process. And so really you know, traveling, trying to hear some stories in different counties of how people are implementing the guidelines, how they're thinking about reopening, uh, would really help inform us in terms of the assistance that we need to prioritize and continue getting out there. Where are we kicking off, Isabel? We're starting with Susan O'Brien, who realized her dream by launching the Kitchen Table in East Sacramento. And she's at kitchentablesack.com. And she's a wonderful small business owner who has a a strong hold in the community and is loved by all her clients. Here we go. Susan, it's been a while since we last connected when I visited your store. And I know that so much has changed as we've had to, as a community, deal with this global pandemic of COVID-19. And so it's great to check back in with you uh, and understand a little bit about where your business is at. So if you could tell me a little bit about what's been happening since we last saw in terms of uh, the store and the storefront. Yeah, I remember that uh, visit you paid to our little store and how, you know, there were customers coming in. I had my employees helping customers and it was just really bustling. It was that about three months ago. And the difference from then and now is just so stark. We shut our doors uh, to the storefront mid-March pivoted really quickly to figuring out how to continue to sell and how to keep the doors open. You know, I had in mind um, the safety of employees as well as my customers and, you know, knew that we weren't really considered an essential business, but, you know, really hoped to be here after all of this was over. So I had to really get creative about how to um, how to do that while we were in, um, you know, shelter in place. We had a very strong um, online presence, you know, social media. I felt like we had a nice community there. So I really relied on that um, initially to, to keep people reminded that we were still there, that we were still, even though the doors were closed, that people could still reach out and still shop. I started creating gift baskets that people could send and we were shipping them. We were also delivering them locally, no contact porch delivery. So you had to learn all that, how to get online e-commerce, etc., from scratch. Ever since we opened, you know, almost three years ago, people have asked me, well, when are you going to start your online store? And that was never my plan. I never really wanted an online store. I wanted people to come in and and my whole mission and goal was to create a community, you know, create a gathering space that people felt welcomed in. But when this happened, then I thought, oh, here's my opportunity. Here's my answer to everyone who wanted an online store. And so my husband was very helpful in in setting up the online store to streamline all of that. And you also talked about the fact that you were concerned about your employees and that, you know, so many small business owners who have employees, it's like a family and so I appreciate that and I know I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the guidance that we put out uh, on on the state's COVID-19 website but that information has the detailed uh, description of how you would need to disinfect your environment so it's safe for your employees and eventually your clients so I'm just curious uh, if you've been able to unpack any of that how that process has been in terms of understanding how to uh, make your workspace safe for customers. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is uh, the top of my mind right now as I think about reopening. My space is small, like you remember how small the space was, and the idea of putting my employees in a position to enforce 
you know, wearing masks in the store or limiting the number of people in the store. I'm fine with the uh, with the porch pickup right now. <laughs> and I'm fine with the keeping it all online because it seems like it's safest right now. We're looking forward into the fall and the holiday season. I'm thinking about what I would need to do. You know, definitely masks for all the employees. Um, definitely um, encouraging the customers to wear masks if they come in. Disinfecting the high touch surfaces every day or several times. But um, when I think about the crowds that we had last last holiday season, I'm really at a loss to how to keep that you know the six foot distance in our in our small space. Have you found any local resources that uh, that you think could be helpful in that regard? Well, I belong to a, um, a chat group with several other local businesses, and, and we talk, you know, when, when the guide, guidelines come out about how this would be implemented. And some people are very, um, you know, they're, they're excited about opening and implementing all of these things, while other people are more like me in terms of we're going to stick with online for a little bit longer just to see, you know, how things um, play out and take it slowly, you know, because right now, with the online sales, I'm able to keep the doors open and I'm able to, you know, keep going. So I don't, I don't really want to rush into opening up too early. Now, in terms of the technology that you've been able to implement during this time, you know, what, what have you found to be the most rewarding that you think you'll carry through going forward, regardless of, of whatever the new normal is? You know, as someone who was really reluctant about having an online store, um, I found it really kind of fun now and I see it as an opportunity rather than something that's distracting from the, the actual shop. I'm seeing the opportunities. So this is something that pushed me to do a thing that I didn't think I wanted to do. So I'm definitely going to keep the online store and I see it as a way to bring the store to people, right? Since they can't come to the store. I, I'm excited about that. It's, it feels almost like a second location, you know, that that's open all the time. Even though I was reluctant to start it initially, it's it's been really kind of exciting to think about where you know what other options and opportunities this could bring we always remember that when we shop locally our dollar goes further up to two-thirds of that dollar stays in the community so in terms of you know your messaging and what you've seen i do find that there's been a lot of uh, local support for shopping locally and what would you say in terms of the general public and, and, and your advice to folks on that yeah i've been so um so gratified by by the customers who you know even before they would go out of their ways to to check me first before you know going to Amazon or Target or something like that if they needed um, a kitchen item or something and and um, how so many of them said they really wanted to support local and support us before giving their money to some of the big you know box stores and so you know and the and the trouble that they would go to you know because sometimes we text back and forth so many times just to get the order right. And sometimes I'd have to have special order things. So, um, I mean, people have been really going out of their way to really um, support uh, us local small business. And, and I just so totally appreciate that. so much for the conversation. Now we're going to talk to Erica Bjork, who's with Metro Chamber in Sacramento, one of our funded small business centers that were located throughout the state that helps small businesses navigate these issues and get direct consulting. 
I'm so excited to be here with Erica Bjork from Metro Chamber, who's not only uh, an advisor with the center, the Small Business Development Center here locally in Sacramento, but in addition, a small business owner herself. Uh, Erica, I just spoke with Susan, the owner of The Kitchen Table in East Sacramento, just sharing some of the challenges that she's facing and things she's thinking about as she looks to reopen her business and, and as she looks back on what she's accomplished. So I just wanted to dive into the, the conversation of what businesses are, are faced with now, and that's understanding the guidelines as we reopen the economy. What are you hearing from business owners like yourself and others? I think the biggest challenge for a small business is there's a lot of just dynamic changing elements to it. You know, do I qualify? Don't I qualify? What do I need to do? A few of them are excited about the fact of like kind of some version of coming back online and reopening, whatever that might look like. Um, but they also have questions about what do I do for employees and HR? And for some, they have employees that are, are can't wait to come back. And for others, it's been a challenge. So, you know, for our small businesses, like anything, when you start your business, you've got to collect as much information as you can. You know, you kind of assess what, what is best for you and what's best for your business situation. And then you make the smart decision that, that comes out of it. And you kind of have to know going into this, there's going to be some things we just don't have answers for. And you're going to have to kind of just take it a day at a time. What you say, because I think that the, the new knows what people are trying to pin down. They know that it's forever changed and there is bound to be a marketplace that's different, consumer demand that's different. Um, how do you see people adapting and accepting that? And, and, and what tools are they using to create this new norm, including technology? Well, I think uh, the phrase we hear a lot is it's, uh, it's not business as usual, but it's still business. To a degree, sometimes business, especially entrepreneurs and small business, are at their best when there's disruption. And we've seen that. I was reading something today, and there's now a market for adult design kitty pools. So this idea of everyone's stuck at home, and you want to go back and hearken to your childhood and these memories, and someone was smart enough to make. But it, it goes towards thinking differently, I think, to a degree. And this is where I think small business is sometimes best, is we look at what are the needs of our customers and adapt to them. And this is no different. And business has always been in a place where we face disruption. So it's a matter of how do you... How do you look to it? How do you pivot towards it? And what do you do? And again, Susan's a great example. She had always been pushed to a place of how can I take my business online? And it, this is just kind of eased her much faster into that. And then all of a sudden she's realized, I have a new storefront. I have huge empathy as a small business owner myself of the challenges that are faced and that it is not easy. Um, and every day is a day of kind of survival. In the same regard, if you have even a few minutes to take a breath and look at how you can pivot you might find there are ways you can actually grow your business that you couldn't before. What do you? What would your advice be to small businesses as they're trying to sit down and brainstorm and disrupt? Like, what, do you, what are your top recommendations? I think part of this is you've got to go back to what, what are your skill sets and your tools? And I think sometimes as a small business owner, we get to a place where, you know, at the end of the day, we, we, we get into a day-to-day -day kind of set format and schedule, and we think to ourselves, okay, um, I own a restaurant, and I just put meals on a table. Well, restaurants and food and all that are so much bigger and so much greater. And whether it's because they're a source of gathering our community together or providing those meals. So again, how can we do that in other forms and ways? So part of it is go back to what is at your core and your heart you're really good at and applying it to what you still do. You talked earlier about employees, and, and I know for business owners, that connection is, is often like family. And so uh, what are some of the you know challenges that, that people are facing around bringing their employees back 
um, to work and some of the, the, the factors that they have to consider? Uh, there's a couple of things. So first and foremost, um, from the Metro Chamber, if you need some help or guidance, we have business counselors that offer free consulting, including HR consulting. They can walk you through some of the elements. Uh, we're going to, we do some, you know, webinars with our membership all the time. Um, if you want some free business consulting, the phone number to call our triage hotline is 833-391-1919. And a lot of what we talk about is similar to before, have the policies in place, have the protocol in place. If people are coming back and you have a change of work schedules, so for a lot of folks previously, they might've had a four day work week with 10 hours. Again, there's protocols already set in place by the state if you're gonna do that kind of shift work. So if you have to change the, the hours people work because of social distancing, if there's protocols and training for health and safety, you probably have that before, whether it's because your business and OSHA or anything else, or you're a restaurant, it's the same kind of thing. You do the training, you do the protocols, you have it documented. So continue that communication. And I think what's probably most important right now is many of the fears we have as business owners, that is no different as your employee. So ensure that you know your employees understand that some of the concerns they have, you share, and just be open about the dialogue and have empathy to know that they're probably dealing with problems at home as well and their own health and safety concerns. It's an important note. I mean, I think I can tell from the rich conversation we're having what benefit the small businesses get by going to these networks throughout the state. And just as a reminder to everybody, you can access your local center by going to business.ca.gov forward slash centers and it's a mapping system to find uh, the one nearest you but you know Erica is the perfect example of these exemplary consultants that are basically available to you so I do think that that it's an asset that we have in California that, that everyone should take advantage of just in terms of any closing thoughts I know that we're focusing in the Sacramento region right now what are some of the uh, you know hopes or interests or desires that you have for small businesses and how they're thinking approaching reopening and stuff I'm a little bit of a, you know, for anyone who's done like a strength finder, context is my thing. I'm a big history buff. And I think one of the key things you always look at for, especially for here in Sacramento, is our motto for the city of Sacramento long ago was Herbs and Domino, which is Indomitable City. Our city was literally founded in a year of fire, flood, and pandemic. This is not our first pandemic. It's not going to be our last. And we are the city we are and we're the capital we are because of our small businesses. Those small businesses came here from the gold rush not to find gold, but they saw all the business opportunity around it. So whether that's our agriculture, our breweries, our small businesses, and so forth. So that same spirit and, and mindset needs to kind of play into what we do today. And I think first and foremost, if, if you have not heard this already as a small business owner, what you are going through, everybody is feeling. Everyone is having those same kind of feelings, anxiety, concerns. Um, I think where my empathy for small business owners comes from is nobody knows better. You know, when you are a small business owner, you are literally making the decision of, I am, I am making the decision to write a paycheck to my employee knowing it means less of a check for me, because that's what your employees mean to you. When you make decisions based on your vendors and your customers and you put them first, that's very much who a small business owner is. And that's not going to change. What you are gonna to have to change a little bit of is think about how are you gonna come out of this a little bit better and stronger, and it is going to be painful in the meantime, but there are ways to do it. And, and until then, come to resources like GoBiz and what the state of California is doing and what your, your SBDC centers are doing. There are resources, there are counselors, and they will help walk you through this. 
and make sure you have a stronger business model coming out of it. Thank you so much. This was you know, such a great, frank, heartfelt conversation. And, and I think it's representative of small business. It's real, we are in pain, but we are here as a community. And I think that's the overarching change that we should all take away from this. So thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. And thank you for everything you're doing. California I was made in California 